This call is being recorded. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Is there anyone on the line? Good morning, Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. Welcome to another beautiful day. Amen. Good morning. Happy Saturday. This is Bubbly. Good morning, Bubbly. Welcome to the line. Thank you. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Is there anyone that joined us on the line? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Is there anyone that joined us on the line that would like to say hello? Good morning. Happy Saturday. Is anyone that joined Declare Victory? Good morning. Is there anyone on the line that would like to say hello? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Is there anyone that would like to join us on the line and say hello? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Is there anyone that joined us on the line that would like to say hello? Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Is there anyone that just joined us on the line that would like to say hello? Good morning. Happy Saturday. Welcome to Declare Victory. Is there anyone that just joined us on the line that would like to say good morning? Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Good morning. Good morning, morning, everybody. God bless. Happy Saturday. Okay, I heard two people. Let's go one at a time. Who just joined us on the line? Good morning, Sister Tracy. Good morning, everyone. Um, I have a prayer request. Okay. I'm asking Declare Victory this morning to continue to keep the health care workers lifted up in prayer. Um, when I get home, when I, I don't watch the news because when I go into work, we're bombarded with uh, the emails that are coming out about the coronavirus that we have to sign off on. And yesterday, um, we found out at the second, uh, another emergency meeting 
that a second nurse has been infected with the coronavirus at my job. Um, even though she works in the next unit, um, we still share the same facility and the same bathroom. So I'm standing on Psalms 91, but I know that prayer, there's power in prayer, and I'm asking you guys to cover me this morning. Tracy. Thank you. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. Just on the line, would you like to say good morning? Good morning. It's Barbara. Happy Saturday. Happy Lifting Saturday, you up. Barbara. Good morning. This is Barbara out of Lodi. Happy Saturday, everybody. God bless. Good morning, Barbara from Lodi. Welcome to the prayer call this morning. Good morning, Dee Dee from Richmond, lifting us all up in prayer. Good morning, Sister Dee Dee. Good morning. Is there anyone that joined us to call on Declare Victory? They'll like to say good morning. Good morning. It's Dondria. Good morning, Dondria. Welcome to the call. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Who is that? Happy Saturday. That was Dondria. Happy Saturday. Oh, happy Saturday, Dondria. This is Monica. Happy Saturday. Good morning, Monica. Happy Good Saturday. Morning. Thank you. Good morning. It's Gloria. Happy Saturday. Happy Holy Day today. Good morning, Gloria. And thank you. May I ask who this is? Is this Elsie? This is Elsie. Elsie, wow, what a blessing. Are you? I'm okay? glad you asked her because I was thinking the same thing. You better go, sis. You go, <laughs> girl. What a blessing. Go. Yep, my first time hosting the prayer call. Thank you so you much. You are doing amazing, little sis. Oh, uh, thank you, proud sister. Of you. What amazing. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Elsie. Does anyone like to say good morning? Hello. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Elsie. Would anyone like to say good morning? Happy Saturday, family. Let's try it again, one at a time. Go ahead. Happy Saturday, family. It's Nourishing Nakisha. Good morning, Nakisha. Welcome to the prayer call this morning. And who is the other morning, person Declare on the Victory. Good morning, Declare Victory. This is Sister Shante. Good morning. Good morning, Shante. Welcome to the call. Thank you. Okay, it's time to get started. 
Before we move forward, we ask you to mute your line so that we can proceed. Hello, my name is Elsie and I am your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Be sure to join us daily in the in April for the monthly theme entitled Expectations. You don't want to miss the message, teachings, lessons, and heart shares that will be brought to you by our wonderful and gifted declarers. You will definitely be blessed. There is one announcement today. If you have been blessed by the call and would like to sow into it, please visit www.declarevictory.org or at www.paypal.me slash declarevictory or cash app at the dollar sign I declare victory again the websites are www.declarevictory.org or www.paypal.me slash declarevictory or at the cash app if you can mute your line please At dollar sign, I declare victory. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in Him. There are no prayer requests on the app, but I do have a spoken request from Tracy to pray over our um, first responders, nurses, uh one of her coworkers was affected by the coronavirus and it's a close uh coworker so we would like to lift them up and pray over them and pray over Tracy and protection the order of the call today is prayer and corporate praise will be brought to you by Gloria the declaration will be brought to you by Pastor Lavelle. Then we will go right in close closing comments posted by the declarer, Pastor Lavelle. Again, the order of the call is prayer and corporate praise will be brought to you by Gloria. And the declaration will be brought to you by Pastor Lavelle. Closing comments will be hosted by Pastor Lavelle. The scripture for today is Luke 3.15. If you can mute your line, please. Luke 3.15. And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in the heart, if you guys can please mute your line for the integrity of the call. Thank you so much. And all men mused in the hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of the Holy Word.
At this time, we ask you to put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to the prayer warrior. Have a blessed day, everyone. Let us prepare our hearts to go before the throne of grace. Eternal God, our Father, Lord God, we come in worship and adoration of you. Father God, we thank you for the privilege and the honor of coming before you, coming together corporately, Lord God. Father God, with the fruit of our lips, giving praise, honor, and glory unto you this morning, the very first thing in the morning, God, thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. For you, Father, and you alone, you are worthy of all praise, all honor, and all glory. Dominion, majesty, and power, Lord God, belong only unto you. And Lord God, we don't take it lightly that you blessed us to come here together, Lord God, to, to sup together in prayer and praise and thanksgiving and to receive of your word. Father God, we, and that, that you are present with us even now in this call, God. We thank you for your presence. We say, Holy Spirit, have your way in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you for the opportunity, Lord God, to come together to acknowledge that you are God, and besides you, there is no other. We thank you for the opportunity to know, Lord God, that you are Abba Father. You are our great mighty God. There is none like you, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit that is in this place in us right now, God. We bless your holy name, Father. We thank you, Father, for the just being able to know that we are in you, Lord God. You are in us, Lord God, and you are keeping us, oh God. Father, we ask forgiveness of every sin, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that you'd wash us clean and white as snow with the blood of Jesus. Purify our thoughts, our motives, the meditation, the intents of our heart. Forgive us, God, for, for knowingly going against your will, Lord God. And, Father God, for those sins that we committed without recognizing that they were sins, forgive us. Wash us clean, Lord God and white as snow with the blood of Jesus. Lord God, you said, Father God, if we confess our faults, you are faithful and faithful to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You said, Father God, as far as the east is from the west, so far have you removed our sins from us, Lord God, and you don't remember them anymore. So we thank you for the ability by the by the power of the Holy Spirit to stand behind the cross of Christ and to know that when you look and you see and you hear us, Lord God, that as we've named Jesus as our Savior, Lord God, we hide behind his cross, God. And so when you look and you see us, you see him. So God, thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the ability and the, the opportunity, Lord God, to be able to, Lord God, know you as our King and our God. Father God, we pray, Lord God, we lift to you, Lord God, Tracy's request, Lord God, for the frontliners, Lord God, for the nurses and those in healthcare, Lord God, and first responders and all those who have to go out to work and have to go to the hospitals and have to transport patients and have to interact with others today, Lord God. They're not knowing, Lord God, whether Corona, Lord God, or COVID the of COVID nineteen, Lord God, is present, Lord God. Thank Jesus for keeping them in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that you have highly exalted Christ and given him a name that is above every name. So COVID-19 has to bow before you, Jesus. Corona has to, coronavirus has to bow before you, Jesus. Cancer has to bow before you, Jesus. Every, every germ, Lord God, every attack of the enemy bows before you, Jesus. So Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you. We plead the blood of Jesus 
over every first responder. We plead the blood of Jesus over every person that's going through sit through every situation, through the loss of loved ones, Lord, Lord God, as a result of Corona, Lord God, COVID-19, and Lord God, and any other affliction or affiliation. We plead the blood of Jesus over bereaved families, oh God. We plead the blood of Jesus over, over those that are sick, Lord God, and shut in, Lord God, and separated from their family members, Lord God. We plead the blood of Jesus over them, oh God. Father God, just as you commanded the Israelites, Lord God, to put the blood over the doorpost, oh God, we thank you for our doorposts being covered with blood, with the blood of Jesus, Lord God. Lord God, not, Lord God, lambs, Lord God, but the lamb, the lamb, hallelujah, my call you honorable see. The Lamb of God, the one who offered himself for our sins, the one who died a complete death, Lord God, so that we will have the right to eternal life. We thank you for Jesus and his blood. We thank you for Jesus and his mind, God. Father, I pray for those whose minds are troubled, oh God. Lord God, that we would, by the power of your Holy Spirit in us, oh God, that we would let our minds be stayed on Christ, God. Lord, it's a lot going on, Lord God, but give us the will, Lord God, the ability, Lord God, to bow before you and to trust you, God. Lord God, to know, Lord God, that you, Lord God, are not, Lord God, a respecter of persons, God, that what you said, God, you meant it, God. Father God, so help us, Lord God, to turn the TVs off, Lord God, and set our, our, our attention on you, God. Help us, God. Father God, we don't, we're not walking around the, in this world like zombies, Lord God, but Lord God, we thank you that our faith and our trust is in you, God. It is in you, the only true and living God. So we bless your name, God. Father, I thank you for every declare us on this line, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for you are preparing us, Lord God, to do and to be just what you called us to be. That, Lord God, in the volume of your books, it is written about us, oh God. What you said about us, it is so, oh God. I do I bless your name, Jesus. God, I thank you, Lord God, for every listener that's on this line, Lord God. Everybody who called in, oh God. I ask you to bless their families, Lord God. I ask you to meet every need in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Father God, whether it's financial Lord God, whether it's emotional, Lord God, whether it's spiritual, Lord God, whether it's physical, God, I ask you to meet every need, Lord God. I declare your victory in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, even as we're in this time of shut in, God, we recognize we're not shut out from you, God. So, Lord God, I ask you to, Lord God, give greater love in the midst of families. I thank you, Jesus. For blessing, Lord God. My Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless you, Lord God. Hallelujah. That no weapon that's formed against us will prosper. And every tongue that rises up, you yourself, Almighty God, condemn and cast down. I bless your name, Jesus, that the devil is a defeated liar. Hallelujah. You are a defeated liar. That Jesus, you made a show of him openly, Lord God. And nothing, hallelujah, and nothing will stop what you have already declared, decreed, and done, Lord Jesus. So I thank Thank you, God. I thank you for building love, Lord God, relationships and families, Lord God, that families are drawing closer together, that children are coming to know Christ and to love their parents, God. Father, I pray for abused children, Lord God. I pray, God, for, Lord God, families that may have been or are experiencing domestic violence, Lord God. I pray your protection, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray your God, my Kaye Bosi, that you will keep, Lord God, like never before, oh God. That you will protect God like never before, oh God. That you would allow your spirit, oh God, to reign full and free, God. Lord God, that there is nothing like you. So in the mighty name of Jesus, I ask 
every declarer to take your phones off mute and let's go in Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord.
Sometimes I think Dee Dee is my mama instead of my sister. <laughs> ah, good morning, everyone. Um, God has shown us yet another expression of his love, um, another opportunity to be on the line. We are in the land of the dying, on our way to the land of the living. And for that, we thank God. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, for the hosting and the greeting and the um, and the uh, corporate prayer and praise 
Uh, I'm going to jump right in. Um, uh, I was asked to do this. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to redo it. And I'm going to rework it another way. And so I want to look at a scripture. But this being Palm Sunday, and we're dealing with expectation, um, there's a word nestled in Luke chapter 23. And um, in verse 33 and verse 34, It says, and when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Verse 34, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Wow. An expectation this morning. How how to forgive the unforgivable. Um there there was no preacher like the prince of preachers there there was no preacher like like jesus he he was or he is the prince of preachers jesus without um any seminary education having never attending um, the rabbinical schools of Judaism. Jesus, unlike us modern preachers today, he he didn't conform himself to hermeneutics, homiletics, exegesis, or exposition. Preachers, y'all know what I'm talking about. And yet Jesus is the world's greatest preacher. I mean, I mean no matter where he was, he could he could literally turn any place into a classroom. I mean, whether it was launching a boat or or, or preaching to those on the seashore or whether it was on the mountain of transfiguration, uh you remember when he took his inside and brought it outside and took his outside and put it inside. When when he literally took his divinity and put his divinity on display. I mean I mean think about it, declare victory. There there there, there was nobody who who was at the depth at reaching and communicating to people the truth of God's word like Jesus. I mean, he was the prince of preachers, but but not only was he uh, the prince of preachers, he he was also the master teacher. I mean, he, he he could, he was so 
good he could turn any place into a classroom. And so on the horns of Mount Hatton, he gathers his disciples and begins to teach them what we call now call the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. I'm, I'm still in awe. Nobody could teach like Jesus. It, it, it didn't matter where he was. But wherever he was, he turned it into a classroom. And so when, when he was at Capernaum, he, he taught his disciples that he could not only raise a man from being lame and paralyzed, but he taught them that he was also the son of God and he could forgive sin. When he was at Bethany, remember, uh, he taught Mary and Martha when they thought that he showed up too late, four days later, and yet he taught them that the very thing that they were looking for, they were looking at, the thing that they were hoping to see is the very thing that they had. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, uh, though he were dead, shall live again. In fact, about it, he that believeth in me shall never die. I mean, when when when, when he came to uh, uh, Caesarea Philippi, he turned Caesarea Philippi into a classroom and asked uh, them, who do men say that I am? And when they got the test wrong, he came back and said, now tell me, who do you say that I am? I mean, I mean, he, he, he never ceases to amaze me how wherever he was, he could literally turn it into a classroom. Even uh, when I preached last Sunday in, in Mark chapter 4, how he even and in the midst of a storm, he, he he taught his disciples no need to fear and freak out when Jesus is on board. Uh, in the midst of coronavirus, y'all, he, he has the power to stand and steal the storm with the words, peace be still. And all of a sudden, the Lake of Genezareth became a classroom. Remember, in this last week leading up to the cross, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the Garden of Gethsemane also became a classroom. And 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 on the other side of the Kidron Valley, with shadows and silhouettes hanging around the olive press. Oh y'all, oh Lord, help me today. Jesus gets a kiss from Judas and asks him, "Betrayest thou me with a kiss?" And he taught them that day that even the folks that have been with you for a long time, the folks that should be by your side, you ought to learn that even then you can find a Judas in the crowd. But as we enter, my brothers and sisters, this, this Palm Sunday on tomorrow, as we, as we enter um, Jesus making his triumphal entry, into the city because six days from now will be Good Friday. And I really don't know how good it is for, uh, how good it was for Jesus, but we call it Good Friday because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. And so, so I've learned that there is no classroom like Calvary's classroom. Because because if you look at it, even while Jesus was hanging on the cross, he started teaching lessons. And, and so, 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 so if you just 
lend me your imagination for just a few minutes today. Let, let me just invite you into Calvary's classroom. And, 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 and I, if, if you don't mind, let's, let's, let's look today what Jesus will put up on the board for us and, and what lessons we can glean in expectations this week. Uh, and what truths can we gather from Calvary's classroom? Because, because if, you, if you want to be honest about it, Jesus taught us more in his dying than he did while he was living. In fact, can I tell you that Jesus taught us how to live when he died? When he died, he wasn't teaching us how to live. He was teaching us, uh, he wasn't teaching us how to die. He was teaching us how to live. When he was hanging on the cross, he was teaching us how to live. I mean, he gave a lesson in every word that fell from those eternal Galilean lips was nothing more than a lesson. And I know we're going to do the seven last words this week all across the country when he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He was teaching us how to forgive. When he said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise, he was teaching us how to get to heaven. When he said, uh, mother, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother, he was teaching us about real relationships. When he said, I thirst, he was teaching us how to be in touch with our humanity. When he said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? He was teaching us how to go through situations even when it looks like God is nowhere around you. When he said, Father, into thine hands I commend my spirit, he was teaching us at the end of the day, at the end of everything, still put it in the hands of God. When he said, it is finished, he was teaching us that even trouble don't last always. It is finished, y'all. Calvary is literally a classroom. And, and some of the grand lessons in life you can only learn in Calvary's classroom. Now, now, now I know this is... Um, kind of um, old-fashioned old fashioned teaching or old-fashioned declaration today because I know in the modern church today, um, uh, you know, we've become so modernized in church today because we want our praise and worships and, and things like that. Um, uh, but this is kind of old-fashioned today because uh, we, we've got a way in churches today. We've got a way from preaching on the cross. But can I tell you, if you're going to learn anything about God, you've got to learn it at Calvary. If you want to know how serious God is about sin, you've got to learn it at Calvary. If you, gotta, if you want to know how serious he is about justice and, and the power of the blood or, or the laws of redemption, the anatomy of autonomy, uh, uh, if you want to know about power and atonement, if you want to know how to get to heaven, a second chance in life, or no, let me say another chance in life because you, you, you used your second chance a, a long time ago. If you want to learn how to treat folks that dog you, how to uh, get over even when trouble is following you, uh, if I had time, I'd sing the song, At the Cross, At the Cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart was rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight, and now... Uh, I'm happy all the day. But, but now let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Um, let me tell you something else about Calvary's classroom. Um, there are no auditors allowed because when I was in school, they used to let you audit the class, and the benefit of auditing uh, uh, the class um, was, was, was that you didn't have to pay for the credits. And the benefit of auditing the class is that you didn't have to take the test. You could just come in, sit down, learn what you wanted to learn without paying the cost and without taking the test. But can I tell you, 
There are no auditors allowed at Calvary. If you're going to learn anything at Calvary in expectation, you're going to have to pay the cost and you're going to have to take the test. And I'm going to tell somebody this morning that you might be dealing right now with some setbacks and some discouragement, but I, I just want to share with you and encourage you today and tell you that's all it is, is God bringing you into Calvary, in the classroom of Calvary. But when you come into Cal, the classroom of Calvary, you're going to have to pay the price and you're going to have to take the test. And so, and so, so it is on this first course that Jesus teaches us an expectation on forgiveness 101. Let me call it forgiveness 101, how to forgive the unforgivable. Have, have you ever faced something in life that you thought was unforgivable? In, in, in my 50 years of life, I've learned that there are some things you'll face from the evil of people that will make you feel like this is unforgivable. He didn't cheat once. He didn't cheat twice. He didn't cheat three times. And now you've got to face whether or not you want to go on with this marriage because now you're facing something that seems unforgivable. You've preached every Sunday. You visited them in the hospital. You saw their sons in prison. You've been to the courthouse with them. You've buried their loved ones. You've stayed up late and cried when they cried. You've been there for them. And now your members want to take a vote and put you out the church. There can be something in life that seems unforgivable. Hosea faced this. His wife, Woma, Goma, she didn't leave once. She didn't leave twice, maybe three times. I mean, she brought babies home that wasn't even his, and he had to take care of them. And Hosea didn't want to deal with Goma, but God put him in a place and tested him. What about the one who said everybody else would leave you, but he would be there for you? What about the one who had the revelation of who you are? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. What about the one who stood there that had the unmitigated gall and stand there and said, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words to of eternal life. And we are sure that you are the Christ. But yet before the cock crowed three times, Peter had already denied him. That almost seems unforgivable. I mean, I mean, Jesus, when, 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 when nobody else wanted him, you brought him in. I mean, I mean, I mean, he was he, he was from a different region than all of the other apostles, and yet you brought him in. He was from Kyrios. He was from Kyrios. Don't miss this, y'all. He was from Kyrios, Kyrios, the northern place of Galilee. And not only that, but you brought him in and put him on the finance committee, and you made him the treasurer, and he stole for you. For three and a half years, and at the end of it, he sold you for the price of a slave, 30 pieces of silver. That almost seems unforgivable. Jesus, they moved you from Herod to Pilate, and Pilate sends you back to Herod, and Herod sends you back to Pilate. And even though Pilate knows you have not sinned and done no wrong, he still washes his hands and yields you to the hands of wicked men and let them scourge you and 
bludgeon you and then hang you on the cross like an unfailed eagle. That almost seems unforgivable. The tears that came from the cross, the insults that were heralded at a man who died innocent, if thou art the Christ. If, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, if you are who you say you are, then why don't you come down from the cross? Not only that, save yourself and save us too. To bend that pale Galilean body over those pillars and chain him to the praetorium. To take the cat of nine tails and bury them into his body. Out came blood, out came flesh. With every bludgeoning of his back, God help your boy teach. You, you can hear the whimpers from his voice. They, they, they grabbed his beard and pulled it out. They blindfolded him, and over a hundred fists of Roman soldiers plowed into his face. And yet, hanging on the cross, hanging around some bad acting people, his executioners had waited for him to say something. I mean, they, they had executed 30,000 men annually. I mean, Rome had, had put 30,000 men on the cross every year, and, and, and they, had, they had seen men die. They were experts at executions. They had perfected what the Carthaginians and the Phoenicians had started. Uh, the Romans had perfected that uh, crucifixion. I mean, they had seen other men die, and so they waited because they knew he would say something, because they had never crucified a man and he didn't say something. I mean, every man that was ever crucified had either cursed his mother and cursed his father, cursed the executioners, cursed Rome, and cursed the day they were born. So they waited because they knew he was going to say something. I mean, I mean, think about it, declare victory. I mean, I mean, they, they, they had heard him do all of that teaching uh, uh, about love your enemies and, and, and bless them that curse you and, and remember, pray for them that despitefully use you. I mean, they, they heard him teach all of that, but, but they were looking for him to drop everything that he had taught because now hanging on the cross, surely, I mean, he wasn't going to hold to that teaching. I mean, if he really had the power that he said he had, then surely he was not just gonna let them hang him on the cross. So 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 watch this. They 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 waited for him to say something, something. They waited for something to literally fall from his lips, and then finally, when they lifted him up on that cross and the beam dropped into the earth, and finally they heard him say something. The first thing out of his mouth was, "Father, forgive them." for they know not what they do. I, I think I'm going to close right here. I want to quit right here. But 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 I, I need to tell you um, um, that the enemy, Satan, um, the world, the flesh, the devil, the devil wants you to be bitter, wants you to be resentful, wants you to be unforgiving so that the blessings of God cannot flow through your life. And yeah, y'all, you, you got folks that done you wrong. You got folks that wronged you. You got folks that have dished you, and and you got folks that have dogged you. And no, you didn't do anything to them, and yet they did it to you anyhow. I mean, have you ever met some folks who don't like you, and they don't even know you? 
I mean, I mean, have you ever met some folks that don't like what you wear, how you dress, how you walk, how you talk? I mean, I mean, you ain't done nothing to them, and yet they just can't stand you. And yet your response in the face of evil has got to be like Jesus. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. Ladies, forgive them. Believing me and all these babies. Father, forgive them. Forgive them for raising me in an alcoholic home. Forgive them for molesting me. Forgive them for raping me. Father, forgive them for hurting me. Father, forgive them for dogging me. Father, forgive them for offending me, for treating me ill. Lord, I tried to do what's right, but Father, forgive them. Declare victory. You, 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 you see, when you come to the cross, the first thing you have to face is the faith to forgive. What are you talking about, Jones? It takes faith to forgive. It really takes an inner resolve of knowing that what I am right now is not going to confine me and restrict me. And let me tell you this before I close. I've learned that I refuse to let people who hurt me shape my history and taint my future. And and you can't let folks and what they did in your past pollute what God has God's plans for you in the future. And you can't get to where God wants you to be unless you forgive, unless you tell God, Father, forgive them. So so how, how do you forgive? I mean, I mean, I mean, come on, Jesus. How, how did you do it? I mean, I mean, come on, Jesus. You, you, you want us to live in expectation, Jesus. You, 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 you want us to deal with what we're dealing with. You, you, you want us to 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 expect great things, even in the midst of Corona, even in the midst of what folks are doing to us. Jesus, how did you do it? Come on, come on, Jesus. You got to tell us. You got to let us in on it because there, there are too many of us uh, on the line today who are living with cancer because we won't forgive. Living with stress because we won't forgive. We have to go to bed with barbiturates and wake up with amphetamines because we won't forgive. We can't even speak to folk at church because we won't forgive. Had to lose a job because we won't forgive. Lost a marriage because we won't forgive. Lost a ministry because we won't forgive. Jesus, how did you do it? Jesus will teach us today if you don't forgive. The first thing that we have to do is know who we have. If you're going to be able to forgive anybody, you got to know who you have. Because, y'all, Jesus is on the cross. And Jesus, and Jesus on the cross knew even while he was bleeding, even while he had thieves on both sides of him, executioners at the foot of the cross, disciples on the left, and, and uh, d- disciples who had left and abandoned him, he still knew he had a father. So he said, Father, forgive them. In other words, you can't forgive unless you know who you have. And when you know that God is your father, there's a whole lot of stuff you can forgive. When you know God is your father, 
You you don't have to try and get somebody back. You you don't have to get revenge. You don't have to try and hurt somebody that did you wrong because vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Be not deceived, y'all. God is not mine. Whatsoever a man so saying, he's going to reap. When you know God is your father, you don't have to worry about that. He had a father. And if you're going to forgive, you're going to have to put it in the hands of the father. And can I give y'all a window to help you see what I'm talking about? I'm out of here. I'm through. Come here, Joseph. Joseph, I, I need you to testify for declared victory today. I, I mean, his brothers came to him, and they said, we're sorry how we treated you when daddy was alive. And Joseph says this. Remember, over in Genesis uh, chapter 50, around verse 20, that you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. In other words, Joseph said, you all were doing evil, but while you were doing evil, God was mixing some stuff for my good. And that's what I've come by to tell you today uh, in this uh, week of passion that's coming up. You've you got to quit worrying about what they're trying to do to you. Because remember, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And can I tell you this? That everybody that blesses you gets blessed, and everybody that curses you gets cursed. And you ain't got to worry about nobody when God is your father. But then you got to know what you can do. Because he said, Father, forgive them. Now, now watch this. And I'm really through. Uh, 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 some of us are str- struggling over forgive him. But Jesus had to deal with forgive them. And to tell you the truth, some of you have one person that has dogged you, and you've been holding uh, that since Texas for 30 years. You ain't seen him in 20 years. He done moved to a new town. He got uh, three other kids by another woman, and you still talking about he ain't no good. Maybe get over that. Not just a person, but a people. Jesus knew what he was able to do. He was able to rise above the evil of his enemies, and he was able to put forgiveness in the hands of God. He was able to forgive the collective sin of all humanity. Don't miss what I said. When he said, Father, forgive them, he wasn't just talking about uh, those at the cross, but he meant uh, forgive the apostasy of Adam, uh, the murder of Cain, the lie of Abraham, the lies of Isaac, the trickery of Jacob, the adultery of David, the whoremongery of Solomon, the breaking of the vows by Samson, the treachery of, of Ahithophel. I mean, he didn't just mean them right there. He said, Father, forgive them not only in the past, but let me give you some good news and something to shout about. He not only reached back, but he forgave all of them, but he reached ahead and said in 2020, forgive Lavelle Jones too. He, he 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 didn't just wait. He looked he looked all the way up to 2020, uh, years down the road, and saw some folks uh, on the line on declared victory and said, "Forgive them." For all of us who messed up in the last 24 hours, forgive them. For everybody who got high, forgive them. Everybody who abused liquor, everybody uh, who who got a hotel key in their pocket, forgive them. And if you're going to learn how to forgive, you got to know who you have. you got to know what you can do. But let me really leave you. you got to know what they don't know. Do you know it takes intelligence to crucify somebody? Because, because watch this, that there was something very statistic and evil about the intelligence of those who crucified Jesus. 
Because because when you think about it and when you look at this story, it, it, it really took some thinking for Caiaphas and Annas to get somebody to betray him and hire two witnesses who were going to contradict each other and it still be held up in Jewish law. I mean, it really took some thinking to try to do court at night when it was against the law to have court at night in Jewish custom. It took something to get him crucified without getting the full vote of the 70 members of the Sanhedrin Council. Somebody was doing some thinking. But on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. But, but my question to Jesus is, come on, Jesus. I mean, I mean, don't let them off like that. I mean, I mean, think about it, y'all. I, I, I know you're the Savior, Jesus. I, I know you're the Redeemer, but but no, Jesus, don't let them off like that. Jesus, don't tell me they didn't know. Of course, Pilate knew you didn't. You, 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 of course, Pilate knew. I mean, I mean, didn't you hear him say, "I find no fault in this man"? I mean, I mean, don't let him off like that. Herod knows who you are. He knew, he knew that you weren't John the Baptist, uh, come from the dead. I mean, I mean, what do you mean they don't know what they do? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus knew what they didn't know. And if you ever gonna forgive folks, you gotta know what they don't know. And let me tell you this: that the only reason that they're trying to come after you is because they really don't know who you are. Your boss wouldn't bother you on Monday if he really knew who you were. Folks would quit lying on you if they really knew who you were. Jesus said nobody could have done this unless I mean I mean I mean unless they didn't they, they did it out of ignorance. So he said, Father forgive them, for they know not what they do. They they knew they put spike in his hands because man sins with his hand. Lust is derived in our hands. The works of the flesh are in our hands. He needed to be crowned with a thorn on his brow because man sins in his mind. The Bible says that the thoughts of the foolishness are sin. They, they needed to nail his feet because man sins with his feet. We go places we shouldn't go. We club. Well, not now. Y'all don't club now. I mean, we dance on floors we shouldn't dance. We walk in rooms we shouldn't walk in. So Jesus was nailed in his feet. Then they put a spear in his side because man sins in his heart. Man gets away from God in his heart. So Jesus hung on that cross. But they didn't know what they did because of Jesus. And my brothers and sisters, we have to live in expectation. Now, I need to say this in, in 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 the onset, and I'm closing. I really am. I'm I'm really closing. I, I really quit. I need to say this in the onset because when I looked at the cross and I looked at Jesus hanging on the cross, sometimes I I I, I get I get bitter and I, I I get I get I get despondent. I get I feel some type of way. Um. When, when I see Jesus hanging on the cross and see all that they did to Jesus while he's on that cross. But then, but then to the flip side, I start to get joy. And the reason I start to get joy, because if, if all I see when I look at the cross is pain, 
Or let me say it to you. If, if, if all you see when you look at the cross is pain, then your Christian experience will continue to be a misery and not a joy. Here's my driving proposition and expectation. The way Jesus handled the cross was through bright perspective. What are you talking about, Joan? The Hebrew writer says he was able to endure the cross, watch the expectation, because he set his eyes on the joy that was before him. I quit. That's all I got. I'm sorry I took so so much time, but I got I got passionate this morning. All right. Is there anyone that didn't say good morning? Now's your time. Good morning. I really quit. I really quit. I can go on and on, but it's starting to get good. I'm walking around the house now. Okay. Good, right, morning, good morning, Miss Diane. Hey, Lady Diane. Hey, what Diane. a victory family is Pam. Hey, Pam. Good morning. It's Krishanda. That was a precious word. Thank you, Pastor LaVelle. Good morning. Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning. This is Leisha. Good morning, Leisha. Anybody else? Hey, hey good morning. It's Arletha Renee. Good morning. Hey. Hey, Miss Arletha Renee. Anyone else? Hey, Pastor Phil. This is um, Sister Mona. How are you guys? Hey, Miss Mona. How are you? Okay. Yo, yo, good morning, Pastor. Hater. <laughs> Always. You a hater, if I ever saw one. What's up, Brother E? <laughs> Anyone else? Good morning. Good morning, Pastor Lavelle. It's Gloria. Good morning, Ms. Gloria. And who else was that? Um, Juanita. Good morning. Miss Juanita, good morning. Anyone Good else? morning, Pastor LaBelle. It's Barb out of Lodi. Good work. Hey, Barbara out of Lodi. How you doing? All good over here. All good. All right. All right. Okay, if there's not another, um, let's go into love, life, and victory. Um, were there any aha moments in the declaration, any questions, any comments that you might want to make, or now's your time? Hey, Brother Pastor, this is Bubbly. Um, I have a couple of messages for you. Um, Didi left the message for you to tell you that you did an awesome job, and thanks for recapping Friday Night Live. It was a dope share, and that tell you that she is your mama. And I'm going back home here. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Thank She's she a boot be, camp, listen, that's all. Listen, she might be her husband Maddie's mom at times, but not mine. Uh, okay. Anyone else? Now's your turn. Any questions, any comments, any aha moments? Or was okay, just since, a, um, was, 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 wait a minute, since um, I got baby stuff out the way, I just want to say I love how you always, no matter how many times I hear it, when you talk about consider the cross, just, just when I hear you say that, all I can do is just, as Tanya was saying, my sanctified imagination is seeing him with his hands and feet nailed, and he took it all. He bared it all for us, for us. I mean, and when you said that part about um, not, if you all you think about the cross is pain and not the joy and thinking about the goodness of why he um, went through all that for us. 
that's that's as you say, that's something to shout about. Just thinking about that. Just thinking about that. You know, every whenever you do your communion, like I say, for Sunday, because everybody doesn't do it that. When you just think about it, that what you the sacrifice he made, he gave his body for us. He shed his blood for us. And that's just a wonderful thing. And I thank God for you as you, you know, share the word with us. But like I said, I've heard you do a, a declaration or even just talking in a lesson about that cross and the considering. And, and it changed my thoughts about, thoughts about it. So I just thank God for you as you continue to remind us to look to the hills. Look to the hills where our help comes from. Remember why he did what he did. Because for God so loved the world that he gave. And that's the one thing we have to remember, to give up, to give. So just thank you so much for your share. Love you, brother. I'm sending out a lesson this week. Well, I know because I sent it to y'all, so y'all should already. I know um, everybody else has already started sending. Well, you, you did. You sent out the lesson yesterday. I think I saw it on. I thought so. I thought I saw an email, but anyway, go okay. All right, all right. Anyone else? Anyone else? Now's your time. Wow! Great lesson, <laughs> Pastor. You know, I always enjoy hearing good preaching. So I thank you for that message this morning. We can never Praise hear it enough. Praise God. <laughs> Expectation, living in expectation. You know, when I when I come on this line every day or when I get on, I'm expecting something. I'm expecting God to do something for me. I'm expecting God to show up in a mighty way. So when I hear a word, I'm expecting to be blessed by that word. I don't know about y'all. I'm just talking about me. I'm expecting to be blessed. Amen. Oh. I wish I had me a witness here. Oh, I can't get no help for I'm just preaching to myself today. But that's all right. All right. I love y'all. I guess ain't enough. Right back, brother. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning. Good morning. This is Kathy. Um, Beautiful declaration. I completely see that word. I love how you broke down the forgiveness in the classroom at the cross. Um, I know me, myself, I've been in theology school before. Um, I've never heard the cross taught in such a manner that it will give you that visual of how we're supposed to, you know, posture ourselves when it comes to forgiveness uh, for others, releasing them so that we can be free to be used and to be cultivated by God's love and so I just thank you for your declaration I know what it did for me personally was it uprooted some names that I had kind of just threw away not really caring about them because of the pain but it helped bring that back to the surface so that I know that I have to go back before the Lord and pray um that I will forgive them. I wanted to hold a grudge because the pain was so devastating and it felt like I could never forgive them um, for what they did. It it impacted um, not just me, but my children as well. And so I vowed 
in my own mind that um, I wouldn't, not so much, I wouldn't forgive them, not professing it, but not deal with them in the manner that I would even pray for them or pray that God would help me release them. So I just thank you for your truth this morning because what it what it did was it pricked in me the heart to, to be reminded of those names that I may not have wanted to put on my prayer list or admit to that I have not fully forgiven. So just thank you for your truth this morning. I know that it's, it's designed to help us to be better than we was. And I, I feel better now getting off the call than I did getting on it, hearing that, that word about forgiveness. So bless you, sir. You 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 know why I forgive easier now? Is because I'm forgiven. I I think Amen. that's a selfish individual for you to ask God for forgiveness and you're not willing to do it yourself. Absolutely. And 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 we have to be careful because we transgress against God daily. And yet, all he tells us to do is confess our sins, and he still deals with us. But yet, we don't want to deal with his people because of what they may have done to us. And I just think that's selfish. That's a selfish Christian or wannabe child of God. Um, and 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 that's just my that's my position on it. And so there are some folks that have done some things to me in this life, and and I'm able to look at them and smile at them now, and knowing what they did. They don't know. Some people don't know I know it, uh, and then some people do know that I know what they did. And yet, I don't give them two fingers. I still shake their hand. Now I don't have to be in their face every day. I don't have to be bothered with them every day. But hey, how you doing? You know, how you doing? You know, if 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 I'm ever if I'm ever faced with one of the three guys that killed my son, I'm gonna hug him. I'm gonna hug him. I'm gonna hug him, and I'm gonna forgive him. If he asks for forgiveness, even if he don't ask for forgiveness, because I've already forgiven him in my heart. Because I understand, I can't ask God for forgiveness, and I'm not and I'm not willing to forgive myself. And then some, everybody ain't where I am in that regard. And everything is a process. But if Jesus could do it, and he did no wrong. When you get a chance this week, look look at the cross and where where I get where I get my reading on the cross from, my favorite writer, and I've shared this before, is Max Licato. Max Licato does several books for devotion, several books on the cross, six hours, one Friday. No wonder why they call him Savior. He chose the nails. Um, uh, I mean, so many books on the cross. I mean, it's almost like he's an expert on the cross. And, um, wow, just that's where I get my inspiration, all right? Anyone else, real quick, anyone else before Mm -hmm. I close out because it's 712. Anybody else? Pastor, you know, as I was saying last night, uh, we don't know what unforgiveness does to us when we don't forgive a person. We have to, like you say, look at the cross 
because God forgives us and He forgives us every day. But yet, it's still when somebody hurt us, we we think the hurt is so deep that we don't want to forgive them. But we can't actually move forward without forgiving. Living with unforgiveness, it it kind of separates us from God. We can't hear God. We can't hear Him clearly. Anyway, you know, it it affects us if we are in ministry. It affects our our whole lives. And as as I was saying last night, it physically helps uh, infect us where we can't. You know, it, it was we will start to be truly ill. It will affect us in in, in our body and in our natural bodies, which can cause literally cause death. By holding on to unforgiveness, it brings sickness and brings separation and all those things. And so we're not actually going any place holding on to unforgiveness. Because if we can't give and forgive anyone, God says he will not forgive us. And God's mercy, he gives to us every morning. And for that reason. He renews it. Yes. And for that reason alone, because he opened our eyes that we should forgive. And because he gave his life for us, we should forgive. We need to look at God and all the reasons why he gave us life. And not be so stubborn to to not forgive someone else. When he forgave those, he forgave us who took his life. Well, he laid his life down just for us. That's all the reason that we need is the cross. Thank you for that message. So so in other words, Di, my question is, your, your question is, who you think you are then, huh? That exactly. you can't forgive and you've been exactly. forgiven. Exactly. None of us are uh, 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 that that's special where we ain't got to forgive nobody in our life to keep moving along. No, that's and, not and the you know way what? it is. Forgiveness ain't for everybody else. It's for you. Exactly, because you can't move you. anywhere without without forgiving the person. I remember when something happened to me at church, and I was praying over it because I was just really hurt because what they did to me it was right when my mom died. We've always been friends, and then when that happened, I was praying and crying. I said, Lord, but I don't even like that person. I don't even like them no more. He said, but you still have to forgive them, but I don't have to let you up in my space. So, you know, forgiveness is just for you forgiving that person. And whether that person accepts it or not, that's between them and God. I don't know. I, I I believe I preach right here. I wish I had me a witness. Yeah. Yes, uh, okay. All right. Okay. You know, yeah. y- y'all know, y'all know in the old line ba- and, and the old line Baptist church. Hold on, just one second. The old line Baptist church uh, preachers say, "I'm getting ready to close." An hour later, uh, I'm getting ready to close. Okay. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. Good morning, Pastor. This is Leisha. What hey, I wanted, Leisha. Okay, what I wanted to say is I appreciated your declaration. But for me, sometimes the the atrocity or the pain is so great that I can't forgive alone. So I have to ask God to help me to forgive because sometimes it's just too much for me. Then also, sometimes I don't even know I'm harboring unforgiveness until I see that particular person and I feel hurt or I uh, turn my nose up or something happens within. And it's at that point that I know that I'm harboring unforgiveness. So sometimes it can be so deep that it takes the Holy Spirit to reveal it. So that's why one of my prayers is not my will, God, but thy will. Because in that, he'll let me know where I need to forgive, where I need to let go. Because I'm just human and just living day to day. So sometimes I just don't know. And I'm a firm believer in letting stuff go makes me lighter. It makes me able to breathe better and sleep better and wake up in peace. So, you know, that's just what I wanted to uh, share this morning. Wow. Thank you so much. Wow. Hey, Pastor, real quick, because I'm on a breathing break. My coach going to kill me. Um, Yeah, I just know that. I'm challenged. Okay, whatever. Forgiveness is a choice, no matter how deep the pain is. When you consider the cross and it's not easy, there's processes to it. But we have to forgive in order to get to really what God has for us. It's not really, it's just, it's a choice. We have a choice to forgive. Even that hurt, that deep hurt. I got to go. Here he come. Bye. Didi, you ain't my mama either. Hey, (laughs) hey, Pastor. (laughs) Go ahead. Uh-huh. Lavelle, this is Gloria. So I appreciated the declaration um, today. There were two things, two things that you said um, about having the right perspective when it comes to forgiving, and the fact that I'm not going to allow my—I have a choice whether or not to allow my past, whether it's something I did to somebody else or somebody something someone did to me. I won't let that hold me up from what I, what God has for me now and for the future that God has for me. So I've got a responsibility both to God to my, and to myself to forgive. And the other thing that I thought about was that forgiveness, we may maybe didn't, you know, kill anybody with a weapon or kill anybody in the natural, but when we, when we speak words about people with things that are, are contrary and evil and nasty and gossiping, we're killing with our tongue, so how how we don't have any any more right to want want forgiveness from God than we need to be able to get forgiveness from other people. So it's a two way it's a two way street. Just like people have done we've done people have done things to us. We've done some nasty stuff. I okay, Gloria, Gloria has. So you know I need in order to be forgiven, and God tells us that in order to be forgiven, we've got to forgive. So I just I thank God for your your um, declaration this morning. I'll praise God for you. All right. All right. Anyone else before we close? Yes. Yes. Good morning, Pastor Lavelle. This is Priscilla. Um, good morning. Good morning. Uh, 
thank you for your declaration first. And I came on late, but I came on to the words, how do you forgive the unforgivable? And that struck a chord, and I knew it was what I was supposed to hear. Um, forgiveness is definitely supernatural. It's a process, and you have to trust the Lord, what I'm learning through this. Um, you have to trust him and obey even when you don't want to. And that, that's in everything that we do. But it certainly is a gift from him. And you go to, and, and the life is a gift, everything. And so you got to go after it. What you gave for me in this declaration are steps or things to be mindful of. Um, definitely the cross, no question about it. And the questions I asked myself as you were giving your declaration was, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he asked his father to take this cup away from me, he did not want to complete the cross. That's at least my understanding. That's what I've heard in sermons. Oh, you, and that's you're, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. okay. And yet he fulfilled it. So he had to go through a process himself. But even though he knew, ultimately he knew, okay, um, the greatness of what he was had to do. He understood it. And the love he had in his heart, he, he understood it all. So, but he's God, a man. I'm not like him. He told me that. Uh, my thoughts are not like his. My ways are not like his. So I hold on to him knowing that he's the truth, knowing that it's a gift and it's a process. So the question I have is for you, what if you were to write down what forgiveness looks like to a person? I know you said if you saw the person that killed your son, you could hug him. Well, that does, that, does that mean if I don't hug someone or feel that way that I haven't forgiven? Talking about me. Just me and my situation. Exactly. That's what I thought, too. All right. So if you were to write out five or six things that forgiveness looks like when you've gone through this supernatural process, because it is a process, and um, you, know, you pray and you ask God to forgive that person, you ask, you pray for them, ask God to bless them as, they, as God sees fit. You bless them, Lord, even though you don't mean it but because God told you to, because you're going through the process. Um, but coming out on the other end, and you know that you've re achieved this gift, you received it, and then you want to keep it in your heart because you want to relive it, because I know that ain't going to be the last time somebody's going to do me in on some other level that I'm not going to see, but I want to hold on to this so I know this process. So what does it look like to you? If you were to name five things that an individual, when they've achieved this forgiveness, what would what would be those five things that you know you you've got it? Let me process that. It makes sense. Oh, but me? Oh, you talking about in general? But okay, I would yeah, I would process that. Let me. You can say yeah. it for yourself. It, it, mm -hmm. You can say it for yourself or in general, however. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. I like that. Okay. All right. That's a good question. I'm writing that down. 
All right. Anyone else before we close out? Anyone else? Good morning, Pastor Lavelle. It's Elsie. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Well, today is my first day hosting um, prayer call. And of all lessons to be learned is the forgiveness, which was since everything has just recently started happening for me. I've been through a lot, and to be able to talk and feel comfortable with the people that have hurt me and act like it's never happened has been a complete amazing, you know, thing to experience. And it just happened recently, too. So as I'm walking this road with Christ, I'm noticing I'm happier. I'm not miserable anymore. I'm not holding on to anything bitter. Um, I do have um, moments where I do go back and and I think about it, but then I just automatically feel, you know, go keep moving forward and grow um, from that experience because there's a lesson from every experience that. I've been through is what I'm learning and how to be a daughter and how to walk down Christ's path. So thank you for your words today. Um, It hit me close because of the fact that a lot of times when I do get on the call, I feel a lot of that stuff. And when it gets spoken, it's like, oh, okay, I am walking down the right path. I am doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So thank you for that. Oh, praise God. All right. All right. Um, um, I'm going to close right here, uh, but tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., uh, y'all look for me on Facebook Live. And even on this line, on this line right here, I'm going to encourage leaders tomorrow, and I'm going to talk about facing opposition with the strength strength of leadership. So that's going to bless you tomorrow, too. Uh, my morning sermon tomorrow is simply that facing opposition uh, with the strength of leadership. That's what I'm going to preach tomorrow. So I want to encourage everyone uh, to tune in tomorrow not tomorrow, morning, tomorrow night, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., Facebook Live, or even this, um, this uh, on this line and join in, all right? I love every last one of you. Thank you for uh, joining in the call today, asking questions and making your comments. Appreciate it. Hope you were blessed. Um, have a great day. Uh, tomorrow uh, we we won't be in the sanctuary. We we will be at home again. But let me tell you something. You can still have communion tomorrow with us. Just grab you a cracker. Grab you some juice. Because understand something. As I tell my members, uh, when I pray, I said, Lord, let this bread be a representation of your body. And let this wine be a representation of your blood, all right? So so it's the symbolism and the representation. So don't be, uh, uh, don't feel dismayed because you don't have the actual cracker and juice that we give out at church, all right? And then join in with us at communion tomorrow, okay? Join in with us uh, at communion uh, online or on this phone, um, Facebook Live on this phone, all right? I love every last one of you. Have a great 
uh, day and um, check on somebody, y'all. But just don't check on folks when for you just because we're going through. You should always be checking on people throughout the year, okay? All right? Amen. So may God bless you. May God keep you. It's our prayer. Have a great day. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Bless you guys. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you guys. Love you guys. God bless you all. Have a blessed day.